ask you a question, how many of you are carrying a heavy load this morning? Probably most of us here have some kind of care on your shoulders or some kind of concern on your mind. Stop for a moment and think about what it is you're worried about. What is it that you're carrying this morning? I want to share a message I believe the Lord is going to use in your life and my life to liberate us through that wonderful message Brother Joe just sang because of who we are in Christ Jesus. Worry, care, it has a way of zapping us. And I've got a feeling some of us have been carrying around a lot of anxiety. You know what it is. For example, I got a call on Thursday morning about 4 a.m., three, about 3.30, and uh, the message was, Pastor, you awake? Well, I said, <laughs> little did I know, I got in at 2.30 that morning, so I was not asleep yet. I was recording here at the church, and I love it, obviously. And so I said, yes, and concern care. Well, the message was this, Pastor, please pray for my mother-in-law. She's unresponsive. Evidently, she's had a massive stroke. Care, concern. I made my way up to the hospital two and a half hours and uh, found myself there with the family and this dear lady, 58 years old, as I mentioned earlier, just running the race on a respirator is in the Lord's hands. Care, concern. I didn't tell you, but the day before I got a call from a man that said, Pastor, would you please or would you counsel me and my wife? We're having marriage problems. I said, sure. How long have y'all been married? Two years. No problem. I'll be glad to meet with you. Care and concern, anxiety. A lady called me uh, the day before that and said, uh, Pastor, and by the way, this lady moved off from the area. She has amassed a, a good amount of money. And uh, she said, Pastor, my children won't have anything to do with me, period. Pray for me. I talked with a man a few months ago, and he said, uh, and he wasn't bragging. I've, he said, I've been able to accumulate about $6 million and worth $6 million. He said, to be honest with you, though, he said, I'm worried the IRS is going to get it. Uh, I'm concerned about some kind of scam. Here's the bottom line. We work all of our life. And nothing wrong with that. If a man doesn't work, should he should not eat. I read over there. And go to the ant, your slugger. But we work all our life to get things. And then if we're not careful, we're consumed with worry and anxiety about losing them. And if we don't have things, we're concerned about how we can get them. Care, worry. What is it on your mind today? Is it somebody? Is it a loved one? What kind of anxiety are you carrying today? I want to share with you one verse in the Bible and share with you there are two parts to this particular message entitled Care. Care causes and cures. Find your Bible. Turn to the book of Proverbs chapter 12. Proverbs chapter 12. What are you going to do with this care? What are you going to do with this anxiety? Are you going to continue to try to carry it around and it absolutely take you down physically, spiritually, emotionally, and relationally. We all are facing 
some type of care. And see if you agree with me today. If you're listening, say amen. amen. See if you agree with me today. Here's the saying. If it ain't one thing, it's another. Now, I know we're at church and we want to play church and act like everything's okay, but the truth be, when we leave, it's like, if it ain't one thing, it's another. And, and so, we're dealing with this every day. I know there's victory in Jesus, hallelujah, but at the same time, we've got to be honest with the Lord. Proverbs chapter 12, God just absolutely resonated this verse in my heart this week as I've been thinking and praying, Proverbs chapter 12. I believe it'll be a blessing to you as we look today at the subject care. That means anxiety, causes, and cure. Some of you today, you're not experiencing, you know, peace with God and the peace of God perhaps because of some nagging problem. Maybe perhaps it's something you can't fix. It might be the cares of the state of our nation. Now they're coming out with Delta virus. And now they're saying, oh, we're going to have to return back to the mask and all that. Care, anxiety, it weighs on us all the time. Stand as we read this passage written by a man who no doubt faced probably a lot of care. <laughs> One little boy said to his daddy when he got home, he said, Daddy, I learned something in Sunday school today. He said, what would you learn? He said, about Solomon. He said, what did you learn about Solomon? He said, Daddy, did you know Solomon had 700 wives and he had 300 porcupines? <laughs> he meant concubines, but how many know that Solomon and, and the little boy said, Daddy, I don't see how he didn't get stuck with them porcupines. Well, if he'd have known, Solomon did get stuck, and probably by them, not porcupines, but concubines. And, uh, and so I believe this man understood the enormity of stress and anxiety. Oh, yes, I, don't, I didn't come to play church today. I want the Lord to have his way with my heart today as we deal with this subject. In Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 25, if you're there, say amen. One verse is all we're going to look at right now. Heaviness in the heart. Say that with me. Heaviness in the heart. Say that with me. What in the world does that word heaviness mean? It's a word that means anxiety and care. Deogal is the Hebrew word. Heaviness in the heart. That's right. God knows where we're at. But oh, there's good news. Heaviness in the heart of a man maketh it stoop. What does that word mean? Stoop. To bow down. It's like a flower that hadn't had water in a long time. And the hot scorching sun is boiling, literally burning it. And therefore it droops to the ground. Heaviness in the heart makes it stoop. You ever feel like a withered plant with all the problems? I'm preaching to somebody right now. I'm preaching to some mama. I'm preaching to some daddies. I'm preaching to somebody who said, if I could just get out of debt, heaven is in the heart, maketh it stoop. But wait a minute, look here. But a good word maketh it glad. A good word maketh it glad. Say it with me. But a good word maketh it glad. One more time. You know what that word, good word, is? I looked it up. It means a pleasant word. God's got a word for us today. Amen. Father, thank you for bringing us such a time as this. Now, I know every single one of us, Lord, are facing challenges, difficulties, and setbacks, and disappointments, and cares over things sometimes we can't control, some things we can control. So we need you right now.
We need you to help lift this load. Give us great grace to draw near to you and put this burden at your blessed feet that you might carry us and it at the same time and yet give us grace to endure the race. Thank you for what you're doing and thank you for your goodness, your glory, your saving grace for changing my heart like the testimony we heard of Brother Joe. Hallelujah. <laughs> Lord, you've been good to me and I bless you. You're worthy. You're the best thing that ever happened to me. So be glorified in these moments, we pray. And I pray for every man, woman, boy, and girl that's listening right now that, Lord, you'll not allow us to be distracted. You'll not allow us to go on the same old way, being defeated with worry and anxiety. But, Lord, you'll give us that extraordinary, supernatural resurrection power in and through the Lord Jesus by the Holy Spirit. And when you do it, we'll give you glory. Thank you, Lord what you're up to in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Very simply put, we're going to talk about two areas about this subject. Now, please listen and look up here carefully because I'm convinced I can save you some money. I can save you some doctor bills. I can save you some medical bills. God can save you some medical bills. Y'all hear me. If you'll listen and take heed to what God is going to say to you today, you'll save a lot of money with medical bills because I'm convinced and doctors tell us that the number one problem or at least a, a 80% large percentage of problems that people go to the hospital is because of anxiety and because of worry. I'm not talking about lost people. I'm talking about Christian people. And for us not to listen to the Word of God this morning and do what God's saying is a travesty to say the least. So please, let's focus on the Lord. Care, the causes and the concerns and the cures for care. What are the causes of care, number one? And what are the cures for care? That's where we're going, two areas. What, what's causing you to be worried? What's causing you to have anxiety on your mind? I'm going to share with you some things, according to surveys, that more than likely are causing concern. It's not just older people, it's younger people too. It's teenagers and young adults who are killing themselves, committing suicide, because they can't handle the situation. And Hollywood tells us to smoke uh, some kind of frog, toad something, and that gets away of your anxiety. Have y'all heard that? Oh yeah, yeah, I'll show you the website. And, and so the world's saying, drown your problems. If I wasn't a Christian, you know what? I'd probably do that. Because it seems to be, wait a minute, time out. It seems to be a lot easier to deal with your problems, drown them, or smoke them away, and forget them, or take a pill or something. But you know the only problem with that? The next morning is facing you right in the face. It don't get rid of it. And you have to have it every day. And then you become codependent upon some chemical dependency, and it messes you up. But the devil doesn't tell you that part, does he? But just a temporary escape. And so, but I'm glad to tell you that the Lord's got a better way. I need somebody to help me there. Y'all don't know what I'm talking about, do you? Do you know what I'm talking about, a better way? I'm talking about prayer. I'm talking about casting your burden on the Lord. Oh, yeah, but, but, but I know all that, Pastor, but well, let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. Hey, care, causes of care, and uh, what are the causes of care? Heaviness in the heart makes it stoop. Heaviness in the heart makes it stoop. 
but a good word makes it glad. The word for heaviness there is the word diaga, anxiety. I wanted to be sure this was accurate, that I wasn't just making this up or trying to read between the text. But that word heaviness means anxiety, anxious care. God is saying this care. By the way, how many of you remember when your children were growing up and your grandchildren were growing up? Maybe when you were growing up. Do you remember when you'd have them to stand up against the wall and put a book on their head and draw a line on the door? you remember that? And then a year later or six months later, you'd say, come here, stand up against the wall again and put the book on their head and measure and see how much they had grown, maybe an inch or half an inch. You remember doing that? I don't know if you did that or not, but maybe you did. You know what Jesus said about anxiety in Matthew 6? He said, look, he said, being anxious isn't going to add one cubic to your height. And the word cubic, from the tip of your elbow to your finger. He said, that's not going to help you to worry. In fact, can I go on record as saying, worrying about tomorrow will zap you of enjoyment of today. And that's where we're at. Hey, look, I'm the world's worst when it comes to, I want to clarify. There's nothing wrong with planning as the Lord wills. Did you get that? Planning as the Lord wills. That, that's very important now. There's nothing wrong. See, somebody says, well, I won't worry about tomorrow and I'm not going to do anything and I'm going to plan. No, the Lord said we ought to plan for tomorrow as he wills. That's the key. There's nothing wrong with planning. There's nothing wrong with preparing. There's nothing wrong with participating. There's nothing wrong with God's purpose. The problem I have and you have is taking unnecessary cares of things about tomorrow and bringing them in today. How many know there's a fine line between planning, preparing, and fulfilling God's purpose, and there's a fine line in being anxious and worried about it? I can't hear you. I need some, somebody to talk to me today because I know this is right where you're at and right where I'm at too. What is it you're worried about tomorrow? There's some causes of the care. Heaviness in the heart makes it stoop. But a good word, it makes it glad. Are you going to zap your vitality today because you're worried? I'm preaching to some mamas right now. I know I am. And some daddies right now. Yeah, yeah, you've been in church. Yeah, yeah, we come to church and Sunday school, but why do, we, uh, why do we allow the enemy to continue to hinder us with anxiety? I'll tell you what it does. You know what it does? It makes us ineffective at spirit-filled witnesses when we're loaded down with the care of worry and anxiety. We cannot be effective. We cannot be effective. We cannot be spirit-filled and move forward when we got all this excess baggage we're dealing with, and that's the reason we come out of COVID-19. Boy, that was fear and phobia and all this. Today, come on, will you be honest with God? Anxiety. Well, what are the causes of anxiety? What are the cures for anxiety? What? Me worry? <laughs> I'm not going to worry. I'm going to get mad. You know, we live in an age of rage. Uh, Deanna tells me once in a while when I drive down to Atlanta, she said, honey, don't look at anybody strange. You're liable to get shot in Atlanta. <laughs> if you have driven there lately, you know what I'm talking about. Went through there a couple of times here recently. And, and so people, you say, I'm not worried. I'm just mad. Well, that's might as well say the same thing. Anger, anger management. I'm not, I'm not going to worry about it. I'm just going to get mad about it. Well, it's still the same thing as far as weighing us down. But let me say this. There are some things that I believe uh, that the Lord is going to share with us today in the matter of the 
causes of anxiety. Surveys have been done, and I'm not guessing about this. This is fact. Three particular areas, probably everybody in here at least worry about one of these three areas. Are you ready to write them down? Are you ready to write them down? This means yes, this means no. Are you ready to write them down? Are you? Okay, good. Number one, family. Number one, family. And you know, be honest with me, be honest with me and say, yep, I'm, I've been a little bit anxious about my family. It's just us in here. Nobody else is in here. We can be honest with God. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I am too, brother. I am here, sister. Family. Number two, finances. Men, look at me. Men, look at me. Please, men, look at me. Aren't you a little bit concerned about your finances from time to time? Most of us are. I'm not saying the women aren't either, but most men are. And, and so that's number two. Number three, future. Future. And I'm going to share two parts. First, family, finances, and future. And then we're going to talk about some other areas, like, for example, what about health? How many of you are concerned about your health? Everybody in here probably thinks about it, or if you hadn't, you will when you get old enough. A man sent me a text message this morning at 5.30 a.m., and he said this. He said, Pastor, I went to the breakfast table this morning. I, I heard the snap, crackle, pop, and it wasn't my cereal. It wasn't my cereal. It was me. He said, I know I'm getting older, all right? And we all are getting older. Somebody said, you know you're getting older when your belt will buckle and, uh, well, your, uh, your belt won't buckle and your knees will. Anyway, here's the deal. Worry and care. Family, finances, future. First, family. See if you'll be honest with me today. If you're walking with the Lord, notice I said, if you are walking with the Lord, if you are in a relationship with God, you cannot help but to look around and see the condition of our nation and be gravely concerned about the future for our children and grandchildren. Aren't you concerned about your children and grandchildren? Sure you are. Well, 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 wait a minute, though. Do I have to worry about it? Do I have to be burdened down? How do I deal with this thing? It's one thing to be concerned. It's another thing to be overwhelmed with anxiety and with care. The cure to care. Well, how do I deal with it? For example, for example, how many would say, I see some laws coming down the pike in America and they're absolutely troubling to me because they're taking away our Christian freedoms and liberty. Now, if you don't see that, your head's in the sand. What do you do about it? Do you worry about it? Do you get over-anxious about it? Oh, wait a minute. How should we handle all of this? And by the way, this is the, if the Lord tarries, this is the America that they will inherit. And by the way, how many of you today, I see some gray hair in the crowd today, including mine, gray hair. How many of you be honest today and say, you know, hey, it's not just the children. It, it's, it's anxiety over, how many would be honest? Don't raise your hand. How many would say today, Pastor, my children and my grandchildren aren't serving God, and I am concerned. I didn't say you couldn't say amen. I just said, please don't raise your hand. 
I'm concerned about my children and grandchildren and my aunts and uncles and cousins and grandparents and, and people that I know. They're not in the will of God. They're not serving the Lord. And it weighing on my heart. I just spoke to probably everybody in here about that, didn't I? So, so look, look, look. This isn't a message for somebody else. This is for me and you. What are you going to do about the children? They're not serving God. They're out of the will of God. You're concerned about it, but you don't want to be overwhelmed with it to the point that you can't be effective in serving the Lord. So what are you going to do about it? Are you going to carry it around? Are you going to just let the enemy gnaw at you? And heaviness in the heart makes it stoop. But a good word makes it glad. I'll tell you what, Brother Joe, this is why I love to get together on Sunday morning. See if you agree with me. Hello, everybody look up here. Sunday morning is kind of like putting water on that drooping flower. I can't hear you. That's why I love to get together on Sunday morning. We get encouraged. We get inspired. We get filled up. We get blessed by God. We get in the presence of the Lord. I need it and you need it. And thank God, God provides for us because he's a great God. Amen. And amen and amen. But you're going to have to leave here and I'm going to have to leave here and face the same old, same old. And yet we can go with a different perspective today. Listen. Hello. Are you listening? What are you going to do about it? I'm going to share with you some things. I think it's going to be helpful to you. Heaviness in the heart makes it stoop. But a good word makes it glad. Causes, family. Secondly, finances. I owe, I owe, so off to work I go. Right? That's right. Romans chapter 13, verse 8 says, Owe no man nothing. Now, I know that, uh, you know, for some, this thing can be really uh, overwhelming. Finances, debt. And why is it, listen men, why is it us men sometimes think the worst thing can happen? Not just men, but women. Are you like me sometimes when something happens, you think it's the worst thing? You know, we all have said, well, I bless, it's, you know, we, we start feeding our mind with fear and anxiety. Can you listen? Can you hear me in the back? Can you hear me in the back? Okay, we, we feed our mind with fear and anxiety because of, uh, of the things that, that, that we think the worst thing can happen. What is it today you're thinking the worst thing can happen? Are y'all like me? Do you sometimes think of stuff like that? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. For example, the other day I was cutting grass. How many know if you don't cut the grass, the grass will overwhelm you nowadays? Buddy, the rain's coming. Thank God for the rain. But you got to get out there and cut the grass, Buck. Bless God. And thank God I got a good lawnmower. But the other day I was on my lawnmower and uh, riding lawnmower. And, put, and, and how many know that sometimes men, sometimes it's good to listen to our wives? I can't hear you. I, I don't sometimes want to, but sometimes it's good to. My wife said to me, I was out there cutting. I told you I was cutting down some trees and stuff in the back in the wooded area. I was out there with a lawnmower. You know, I was just going to trim it down, get it down a little bit. And then she said, well, honey, you need to be careful because uh, you're going to tear up the lawnmower if you're not careful. Nah. Nah. About that time, something happened and the lawnmower wouldn't go in gear. It wouldn't go forward, wouldn't go backwards. I said, uh-oh, I done torn up the lawnmower. And all of a sudden, what do you think? The worst thing. Transmission, man, it's gone. So what I do? What do you do when you don't know what to do when you tear up your lawnmower? You Google it and go to YouTube, right? That's what I did. I went to YouTube and I said, well, let's see. What could it be? Let's see. Sears Craftsman, and, and it's not going to gear. Maybe it's, mm -mm, hope not. 
Transmission. Uh-oh. I'll call the transmission. I'll call the lawnmower shop. I called him and said, hey, uh, it won't go in gear. It won't go far. It won't go backwards. What does that sound like to you? He said, sound like the transmission. I said, well, well, how much does the transmission cost? He said, oh, about $400, $500. I said, what would you say? He said, $400, $500. And he said, by the way, that's just for parts. I said, what? I didn't pay much more than that for the lawnmower. It's been a good one, praise the Lord. So I think of the worst thing. So what do you do when you don't do? I go back to YouTube. I said, all right, let's see. I hope it's not transmission. Lord, you know I need that. Anyway, long story short, I looked and took the deck off of the bottom of the lawnmower. Looked up, and there's another belt, not on your deck. And Kenneth, I think you said you replaced yours not long ago. There's a belt that runs around the transmission. you got to get up under the lawnmower to see it. You can't see it from here. And it looked like it, some reason, came off the pulley. I said, oh, I've got it. Woo! Put it back on the pulley and, you know, got up under the lawnmower and put it back on the pulley and everything, cranked it up, said, this has got it. Put it in gear, still nothing. Put it in reverse, still nothing. I said, oh, my, it may be the transmission, taking the worst thing that can happen. And then, uh, lo and behold, I said, but wait a minute. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's not. Went back to YouTube. What could it be? What could it be? What could it be? And come find out. It, it had to be around certain pulleys, and it had to be around a certain way, and evidently the belt came off, and I wasn't really sure. It's got uh, four or five pulleys on the thing, and I said, well, I looked at around. Well, maybe it goes around this pulley, and I stretched it around and pulled it around and cranked it up and put it in gear. Boom! The thing ran. The moral of the story, if your lawnmower tears up, don't call me, call Buck. <laughs> don't call me, call Buck. Finances, overwhelming, heaviness in the heart makes it stoop. But a good word makes it glad. Help, home, our hearts, finances, future. I've already mentioned about the Delta virus. Are we going to go back to mask? All of this stuff we're having to deal with all the time. Look, if I'm not in a right relationship with the Lord, this stuff can begin to weigh on me. The old saying, it's not the sharks that kill you. It's the little minnows that nibble you to death. And that's so true. It's not just this, but it's this, and it's this, and it's this. Can I get a witness? And it's this, and it's this, and all of a sudden, it can just pull us down. Some of you are down right now. But wait, you don't have to stay down. I said you don't have to stay down. Why? Because I want to share with you some things. By the way, you know men were told lose their temper. Wait a minute, did I say lose their temper? I should have said find their temper. Hello. Men lose their temper, find their temper, at least seven times a week. We're told by surveys, I don't know if they're true or not, but anyway, women about three times a week. Man, it's been hot, and it's easy to get hot-headed in hot weather. <laughs> I might be preaching to choir right now, but I don't think I am. Hey, look. Hot-headed. You know how men deal with their anger? Anger management. You know how men deal with their anger? I'll tell you how we deal with our anger. We'll pick up a tool and throw it across the shop. We'll kick a lawnmower in the tire or we'll beat on the, oh, this thing's happening again. You know how women deal with their anger? Women, look up here. Women, you know how women deal with their anger? They don't throw tools. Whatever. Hey, look, be angry and send off. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Look, I want to talk not only about the causes of, of care, but now the cures of care. Heaviness in the heart. Say it with me. Heaviness in the heart. Say it with me. That's anxiety, care. In the heart of a man makes it stoop. 
But here's what I want to zero in on for a moment. But a good word maketh it glad. A good word. This is the lady that said she smoked from a buffalo toad and it lowered her anxiety and reset her brain. And here's the website. This is July the 22nd, okay? What are people doing today to deal with stuff, even Christian people? Hey, we got to deal with it or deal with us. Four words I want to give you. Please write them down. I think this will be a blessing to you. Heaviness in the heart makes it stoop. But a good word, a good word, a good word. Say that with me. A good word. Say it with me. A good word maketh it glad. What do we mean by good word? I tell you, there's no good word outside of God's good word. But wait a minute. Listen. There's somebody you're sitting to right now that's got anxiety on their mind. There's somebody sitting behind you that's dealing with a lot of care. Can you speak a good word to them? Four words let me give you, and then we'll see what God's going to do. They all start with A. You can remember them. A. Affirmation. Affirmation. A good word. Hey, look, y'all listen, see if you agree with me. If you can't say something good, let me say it again. If you can't say something nice, that's hard for some of us to do, isn't it? See, when we're facing anxiety and we're facing care and when we're angry and mad, what's in us comes out of us, right? That's why we need to get to the altar. That's why we need to get with the Lord. That's why we need to ask the Lord, and I have to continuously, Lord, forgive me, cleanse me of my bad attitude, Forgive me of my negativism. Hello. Now, now, and it's easy to get in this state. Affirmation. Can I just tell you who was a great affirmer in the Bible? Paul wrote to his son, Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 1. Here's what Paul said to affirming Timothy. You know what he said? He said, hey, Timothy, I'm paraphrasing. I see that unfeigned faith in you that I saw in your grandmother, Lois. And your mother Eunice, Paul says to Timothy, affirming him, I see it in you. Hey, can you speak a good word to somebody of affirmation? May I remind you what Moses said through God Almighty to Abraham in Genesis chapter 18? The Lord said, Abraham, I know he'll do right. He'll raise his children right. That's a word of affirmation. What about Proverbs 31, the virtuous woman? Her price is more valuable than rubies, yea, diamonds. She is a compliment to her husband. She'll make him known at the gate. She's constructive with her hands. She's conservative. And furthermore, she's charming, and she's consecrated on top of that. That's a word of affirmation. But wait a minute. If that doesn't stir your heart, this will. Not only affirmation, but the second word, is you ready what do you think it is you know what it is what is it i can't hear you what's the second word it starts with a what do you think it is the clock's ticking i'm not in a hurry but y'all i think are but go ahead and tell me what does a stand for appreciation did you get it appreciation hear me hear me hear me the number one Calls for people quitting their job today. Guess what it is? Lack of appreciation. Did y'all hear me? Lack of appreciation. Did you know that? By the way, y'all look up here just a minute. How many of y'all, how many floors have you vacuumed through the years? 
How many meals have you cooked through the years? How many dishes have you washed through the years? Are you appreciated? How many times have you cut the grass this summer? Are you appreciated? Hello, appreciation goes a long way. Have you told your spouse you appreciate them? Do it right now. I said do it right now if you hadn't done it. Do it right now. Say, I sure appreciate you. And, and if they're not here, you can do it when you get home. Yeah, thank you, Joe. Go ahead and text her. You better, Kim. She's going to be waiting for it. I appreciate you. Appreciation, Dan. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. We got a great team here. Becky and Katie and Pam. We've got a great team at New Rocky Creek, and we need to appreciate them. I thought somebody would clap over that. Yes, Lord, yes. God has placed some great leadership in the church, stability, maturity, unity. Yes, don't take it for granted. Appreciation. Paul wrote into the church of Rome. You know what he said? He picked out individuals. You know what he said? He said, Phoebe, she's a servant of the Lord. I'm quoting from Romans chapter 16, verse 1 and 2. She's a servant of the Lord. Then he says in the following verses, Aquila and Priscilla, they laid down their necks for my sake and the gospel's sake. He's writing to the church of Rome and to us, sharing and expressing his appreciation to co-workers. And I want to tell you, I don't tell you enough. Y'all forgive me, but I don't tell you enough. I appreciate you. The Lord brings you on my heart early this morning as I share with you daily, on a daily basis. I appreciate you. I love you in the Lord. And we need to keep looking to the Lord, working together for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake. And by the way, appreciation. Paul also wrote to the church of Colossae. You read it in chapter 4. You know what he did? He said, Tychicus, he's one of us. And Epaphras, he is a faithful brother. And Onesimus, who in the world's Onesimus? That runaway slave that God forgave him. He said he is a helpful brother. And on and on and on. Look, these were written not for us just to read over, but to incorporate and to appropriate in our life. First in our family and then in our respective ministries. Yes, first word is what? I can't hear you. The first word is what? Affirmation. There's some daddies, there's some sons and daughters that need that word of affirmation. Uh, the Lord bless you. Now, I know, I know, I know what you're thinking. Bless God, there's more going wrong, and I can't think of anything to affirm them. You pray about it, I bet God will put something on your heart to affirm them. That's just it, you're not praying for them. And if you do, God will put something on your heart. I'm not talking about flattery here. Hear me? No flattery business. I'm talking about affirmation. Secondly, what's the second word? Appreciation. Have you thanked your Sunday school teachers lately? Have you? Why don't you do it today? Have you thanked somebody for serving the Lord lately? Why don't you do it today? Are you going to tell Joe how much you appreciate him being here today? Come on, talk to me. Oh, yeah, appreciation will go a long way. It absolutely will. Number three, guess what it is? I thought about this word, trying to keep all of them alliterated. A, not that I have to, but adaptation, adaptation. What do I mean? Heaviness of the heart makes it stoop, but a good word makes it glad. The word adaptation came to my mind and heart. Why? Because Jesus said if you have a gift and you come to the altar, 
and you have ought against your brother, leave your gift, be reconciled to your brother. Sometimes we have to deal with things. It's hard for us to speak a good word until we're willing to make reconciliation first with the Lord and then with our family and our friends, yea, and our co-workers. Uh, adaptation. What is it today? You need to let go and forgive somebody right now. What about this fourth word? Not only affirmation, appreciation, adaptation. Number four, and guess what it is? Anticipation. You want to stay encouraged today? You want the Lord to lift this load off of you today? Heaviness in the heart, anxiety care, makes it bend down. But a good word of affirmation, a good word of appreciation, a good word. You have to work at it. I know, I know, I know. It's easy to be negative in a negative world. But, but rise above it. Cause, ask that Lord Jesus to release his power. First, give you death and life from the power of the tongue. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. And, and then anticipation. Anticipation. Listen to what Paul said. I think Paul wrote the book of Hebrews. I won't argue about that. But anyway, chapter 10, verse 24. You know what he said? He said, provoke each other. Talking to the church. Talking to us. Provoke each other. The good works and love. The word provoke means stimulate. Stir up. You know what you ought to do to people today when you see them? Not flattery, and I know we can talk about everything under the sun, but, but the Lord says, stir them up to good works and love. Then he said, not forsaking the assembling ourselves together as a matter of some, verse 25, but exhorting one another daily, so much more as you see the day approaching. Time's short, do you believe that? We have every year at homecoming, I'll tell you, we have every year at homecoming a time of remembrance, those who've gone on before us. Betty Daniel, for one. David Melton, for two. In less than a year. Hello. Uh, Nelda Stiles, for three. Clez Hayes, for four. Jerry Hubbard, for five. The list goes on. Mildred Lane, Marsha, your mom, for six. And others who've gone to be with the Lord. This time last year, they were here. Now they're on the other side. So what about it? You carrying heaviness right now? Heaviness in the heart, worry, will make it stoop. But a good word will make it glad. Sometimes we just have to jump in the arms of Jesus. Say, Lord, I can't swim. But I'm looking to you and trusting you. Stand together right now, would you?